This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Cubby House is a show about two cub-identifying guys exploring the big and hairy issues in and around the bear community. This program is designed for a mature audience. It may contain adult themes, sex and drug references, and of course, coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Whoa, I can't even hear myself. What's going on? Uh, it is Monday, the 6th of May. You're with the Cubby House in a wonderful start to the week. How are you, Kevin? I'm well, but very worried at the moment. So you should be. <laughs> is it going to be one of those shows again? I might but just be one of those shows again. Yes, that's indeed right. Why? You ask because we've got a few people recurring from a previous season. Because they're just so good, we had to have them back, and yeah. not just yeah, We can't one. even say new faces, they're really old faces, aren't they? Hey! <laughs> I just bought this face! Quiet, you. You get to talk later. Yeah, Mike's not on, just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes, now, for those who didn't recognise those voices, it is Nick and Mr. John Richards, who will be... Uh, tantalising with over the course of the show the way this is going. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. So what have we got on the show tonight, Cookie? We have got the regular Kink Corner, which Nick has volunteered to take back on board. Mwahaha. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Be very, very frightened, people. Be yes, very frightened. Yes, I'm sure indeed. Or excited, you know, just depending. <laughs> yes. Then I've got John Richards on to talk about his life a little bit and also to chat to us about the Splendid Chaps podcast that he's doing. I really wish you could see the hand gestures that Kevin does as he does these announcements. They're just wonderful. They're a little fabulous. Yeah. You're spoiling... Is there a fourth wall on radio? No. Third wall. Ooh, that's that's going to worry me tonight. (laughs) (laughs) As you can see, this is going to be a very geeky podcast, clearly, because we're going to be talking about... uh, well, Doctor Who and uh, the All things time travel. It's going to be fantastic. I'm sure I've said that all before. What I haven't said yet is the question we'd like your answer to tonight. It's a good one. It says you, because you came up with it, of course. It is, who is your favourite sci-fi villain and why? Want to have your say on the Cubbyhouse project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash thecubbyhouse. The Cubbyhouse project on Joy 94.9. You're with the Cubby House, and wonderfully for that, I could change my headphones. So I'm hearing myself. Oh, yay, and the world rejoices. Exactly. Hey, Cookie's happy. He can hear his own voice. (laughs) Yes, we're getting to that. And in the studio tonight, we have your favourite sci-fi geeks, Kevin, John Richards, and Nick Helmer. How are we all, gentlemen? Yeah. It's Monday. 
I guess say, Cookie, you're a bit kind of, here come the Black Thunders tonight. You've got a real kind of morning DJ thing going on. I, I it's, do. It's, it's, it's late. It's probably my injury, which I'm sure I'll explain later Yes, on the yes. Show. Let, let's talk about the injury now so that it's over and done with. Cookie what have you does done? have the most filthy looking injury. It is just, <laughs> it, it is, I feel offended being near <laughs> this thing. Yeah, but that's how most people feel around Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> well, his hands anyway. Cookie has a bandage on his hand, which makes it look he's giving us a massive white finger for the entire show. What did you do? I accidentally got my hand stuck in a lift door as part of my job. <laughs> by, no, no, no. By it's, that was a lift door, not a lifter, just in case anybody was. <laughs> <laughs> Elevator door. Was it a power lifter? No, 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 no. And go to the quiz. <laughs> Thank you. Explained it right. Now, tonight, I'm going to be very gentle on you. I'm only giving you. <laughs> Sorry, That's what the door said. <laughs> please, please carry on, Cookie. Please carry on. I'm giving you four, uh, five questions, and I'm going to pose it between John and Kevin tonight. And I'm sure the peanut gallery, Nick, will happily right, help. So, what, what, what have we got to do? So, I'm giving you each question is from a different source, from a different type of game. Roaster chair, tomato, barbecue. Quiet, continue. So, the first question I'm going to ask you is from Gizmodo that was posted today. What is the new roguish Australian party that now has electoral candidates as of today? Oh, is it Bob Catter's Australia hooray? Oh, it's something with Australia in the name, isn't it? It is something with Australia in it. And it's Bob Catter's, yeah? I'm not sure. Was it Catter's? I'm not sure it's Catter's, but it's... uh, Uh, Australia now. Here comes Australia. Look, it's Australia. Behind you, Australia. Roguish. Australia going up. Australia, look out. There's someone behind the door. Wild Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and 10,000 reality TV shows were just born. Um, But... Do we have an answer? Celebrity Australia. Australia Splash. <laughs> <laughs> Australia, where the bloody hell are you? Dancing yeah. with Australia. <laughs> please, please give us an answer I'm and end the torment. <laughs> the Australian Pirate Party, gentlemen. Really? Pirate Party? That's not catters. That'd be too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Spend all their time chasing booty. The thing is, that you think they're going to be like fun pirates, aren't they? You tell what they're going, Arr, vote for me. I'd be a vote for freedom, lad. And Priorities. Then, and then, of course, they'll just turn up to be like Somali pirates and they'll capture you and hold you hostage. No fun. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Why is the rum gone? It's one of the other parties. Okay, fault. carry on, carry on, carry on. Now, John, I have to admit, in your conversation with us coming onto the show, you mentioned that you potentially had to do some research about Amazonian swallows. <laughs> well, Wikipedia wow. has proved there is no such thing. However, there are no jokes in the world of cooking. No, it's all literal. Yes. <laughs> what other types of bird groups is classified as being Amazonian? I didn't even understand the question. Uh, what bird type is classified yeah. as being Amazonian? So from the Amazon? Well, what's called... I'm going to go parrot. Yes, the Amazonian parrot is one of them. So congratulations, Kevin. You get a point. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got a point. Okay, next. Wow. And Um, there was much rejoicing. Yes. Now, I have to explain a little bit of this one. This is called Celebrity Grammogram. It's from the Ask Me Another podcast. Now, in this question, you must guess a well-known person, and I'm going to combine the letter of their first name and the letter of their second name. Uh, said together, make another word. For instance, oh god, okay. go, oh, go you'll on. get this one quite easily. Yeah. My example is 
Uh, if I asked you for the folk rocker who wrote Come to My Window, who won one of television's highest honours, that would be Melissa Etheridge Emmy, because her initials are M-E. So the question uh, I'm going to post to you is... Okay. Wow, what would be the yeah. who, who is the director of Kill Bill when they're behaving in an adorable, adorably endearing manner? See, I, I know who the director of Kill Bill is, but I can't work out how this is. Well, it's Tarantino. Yes. What, what's his initials? Oh, Q-T. QT. Oh, he's a Q. Oh, I see. Quentin Tarantino, QT. Oh, I see. Oh, that was bad. Next. Yes. I'll give you the point. Uh, now, this one, also from Ask Me Another, is called Taylor Swifties. And then in this, in this game... <laughs> we are never, Everyone loses ever, automatically. Ever Carry on. Back together. In this game, I'm going to ask you to add <laughs> L-Y to the end of someone's name to create an adverb. And the example is, 30 Rock is such a campy show, said Tina Faley. Adding L-Y to the end of her name becomes an <laughs> adverb. <laughs> the, the will to live is just like draining out of this room. So, let's try this one. I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Mainly because it's you two that are suffering uh, and I, not me. The, exactly. I believe they please, one please ask the question. Xena, the warrior princess, never has to follow anybody's rules and regulations, oh, said... Lawlessly. Oh. Lucy Lawlessly. Lucy yeah. Lawlessly. I'm just skipping forward. John. I'm just trying to yeah, get this over, people. All right, last question. <laughs> you both are going to jump down my neck because you should both know this one. From Doctor Who, which repeat character's first lines to the Doctor was, Hello, sweetie, and what River was... Song. But, and... River Song. <laughs> <laughs> what was their introduced profession? Uh, archaeologist. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the first time that she came in? Yes, the first time we met. She was, she was a in our professor yeah. when yeah. we first met her. To yeah. our timeline, not to yeah. her timeline. Yeah. Congratulations, gentlemen. That was a complete tie for that last question. So, I'm just I gonna... can t- name the episode it was from. Yes, I know. Silence in the Library. Of course, you, I, I, you made me watch I, it. I don't care. You, you could win. I, I don't mind. There's no prize. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the cover house on Joy 94.9. Careful what you're wearing. You never know what you're asking for here on the Kink Corner. And on the Cubby House, Joy 94.9, we are throwing the Kink Corner this week once again across to Nick. That's how kinky you are. I know. It seems to I've been relegated to the Kink Corner permanently. Um, Please, you were right. born there. Oh, no, I wasn't. You know, a couple okay, of weeks content in. content people. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Continuing from last week's theme about, you know, uh, stereotypes and labels and things like that, I'm just going to... It seems like everybody's using the term dominant to describe what they call... what used to be called topping. It's often thought that doming (laughs) describes a more BDSM type of relationship between two people than just topping. Has the term topping simply fallen out of use or are people just using doming incorrectly? So that's basically a question that I... So to, you know, give a brief answer to. Um, <clears throat> and this is what we came up with. Uh, you can be very dominant sexually, but still be a bottom when it comes to sex. Likewise, you can be fairly submissive, but still be the one doing the penetrating. The terms can be interchanged, but it depends on the situation. And here are a few examples. You can have a passive dom top who likes to lay back and direct uh, his sub-bottom to do all the work. Um, you know, climb on, ease off, hold off all that sort of stuff, they're still in control, but they're being, and I use this term very tongue-in-cheek, rather lazy. 
Uh, typically paired with a sub-bottom, his goal would be to please his partner. He does so by taking orders to get the passive dom off. An active dom top may also like active sub-bottoms. Uh, he wants a bottom who will take direction, but still be actively engaged. Doesn't like, you know, a starfish. Um, he may not like active, bo- active sub-bottoms. As far as he is concerned, he is the driver. And getting both them themselves and their partner to climax... Um, uh, his partner can comment and suggest, but not tell him how to drive. Then we come to submissive tops. This means they're the ones taking the direction from their dom, but they're sexually the top. So in this situation, you have a dominant partner being topped by a submissive partner, but it's the dominant bottom giving the instructions on how things are going to go. Isn't that just a pushy bottom? Sorry, I was saying, isn't that a pushy bottom? A dominant bottom? That sounds... It depends on the situation. Are we, are we distinguishing these now, or am I... Um, well, it depends on the situation, because you can... If it's a dominant bottom and a submissive top, then, you know, they're not necessarily being a pushy bottom. Because everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone's okay. happy. So, the point you're trying to make is that top is not necessarily dom, and sub is not necessarily passive. Correct. There are actually 27 different combinations of these patterns. And I'm not going to go through them all because then it just sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons handbook. You know, you've, got, like, you've got active DOM tops, active sub tops, active switch tops, right through to <laughs> active sub bottoms, passive sub bottoms, and active passive sub I'm bottoms. I'm sure sex used to be easier. I could be, I could be wrong, but I seem to remember a time in which it just involved nudity. And For most know. of us, it still is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just so, clarifying, for most of us, it still is. Have I managed to confuse everybody in the room yet? No. no. Woohoo! <laughs> I'll have to try harder next week. So you roll your d20, and then someone wins. Yeah? Yes, yes, okay. you know. And, and you have the third person in the corner functioning as the dungeon master. You know? <laughs> You've encountered a boggy marsh. Go back two spaces. Oh, 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 no! Visual! Visual! People! No! I, I am a visual person. You are not allowed to do that. Anyway, thank you, Nick, for coming on and presenting that for us. Thank you very much. You are in the cubby house on Joy 94.9. We'll be back later on. Let's have a word with John, and preferably John only, <laughs> about Splendid Chaps himself and Doctor Who. Now, we've got a question for you before we go. What is, who is your favourite sci-fi villain and why? Want to have your say on the Cubby House project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash the Cubby House. The Cubby House project on Joy 94.9. Now, what's so special about Pretty Brown Hours by Cody Simpson? Uh, it's his first single from his second studio album due later this year. Excellent. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for that wonderful prompt. Why not? You're the one that wrote it. <laughs> yeah, going up. And in the show tonight, we've got uh, John Richards in the studio. Now, for those who don't know who John is, uh, who, 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 who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm a writer and podcaster and... No, 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 no. You're an award-winning and... writer and a broadcaster. I've actually won two, two awards, which makes me multi-award winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, I, do, I do stuff. So how yeah. did it all start? Where did you start writing and podcasting and broadcasting? Uh, I, oh, look, a million years ago, I did theatre sports in Perth, which, which that was a very late 80s, early 90s thing to be doing. Um, and then from that, I ended up being a stand-up comedian. I oh, know there's a musical comedy band in there somewhere as well. And I moved, make me go and get your bio. Up. I moved to Melbourne. This is so much of it that weird thing. I mean, not only am I now very old, but sometimes I'm a bit startled by how much I did. And then, yes, yeah, so and then I did uh, comedy here, and, and I did a sketch comedy thing on Triple R, and 
uh, did some stuff for ABC. Eventually wrote, yeah, as a co-created Outland with, with Adam Richard and um, podcasting. I've been doing the Box Colors podcast for the last five years and, and the Splendid Chaps podcast. And I, do, I just do stuff. People, look, basically, I don't know how to say no. That's the problem, really. really? I've never learned to say no. I'll have to keep that in mind. No, so no, will I. I. I, I, think, I think there are many gentlemen who would <laughs> <laughs> tell you that was true. <laughs> so you also co-created and wrote the... ABC One television series, sci-fi I'm series. Slutty? I just have really low standards. No, so go on. <laughs> I'm going to... I need the mute button for his one. I need to be able to panel. Anyway, so you wrote... Yes, you do. Co-wrote Outland. Yes. What sort of reception did you get to that? Uh, it was the most awesome thing ever in the whole world, and everyone loved it. No, it was... I don't know. I, I think the really weird thing with Outland was that, depending on where I went, either no one had ever heard of it, or everyone in that group was watching it. And it was this weird demographic thing it would break down to. So people who write novels were all watching it, apparently. 14-year-old girls were all watching it. I'm Ooh. apparently a 14-year-old girl. Uh, <laughs> well, how much of it was based on your real life? All of it. Um, <laughs> this is this is the thing I found really awkward. You own the Dalek dress, don't you? No, no, no. Although the Dalek dress, they, they, they bought for us, but it was a real item. You can just purchase that off the rack. Uh, but it was just that weird thing of... Max was the every gay who was embarrassed about being a fan, but open about being gay. That came directly from a party I was at once in London where someone made a joke about Daleks and I had that argument in my head about whether or not I should correct them. And I was like, no, you're a fan. You want to be right. No, no, you want to be popular. No, you want to be right. No, be popular. And that kind of... You went with a fan, didn't you? I I, Actually, no, I went with popular back then. (laughs) Now now I wouldn't. (laughs) Possibly the most asked question. Yeah. Is there going to be a series two? Um, In all honesty... I don't think the ABC were in that group of people who are watching it every week. <laughs> so <laughs> I kept hoping somebody at the ABC would have a teenage daughter who would go, no, dad, make more of this. It's awesome. But mm. I look, I, I think it probably is what it is. It's put to bed. I mean, it, it, it had one story. It had an end. You know, it's, not, it's not like we, we didn't leave it into a cliffhanger or anything. Well, I, I look forward to what else you're going to write, I suppose. Uh, so... You actually even had a show on Joy at one point, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did the Outland Institute for a while. Which um, uh, talking about podcasting, I think the podcast of that was the, was the biggest downloaded podcast on Joy by some way, and I, I think it may still be up on the, the Joy podcasting thing. Um, I had Craig McLaughlin and Judith Lucy and all sorts of people. It was a pop culture show, so we basically just looked at all aspects of pop culture and did some intriguingly crazy stuff on that. You really do get around. I do. It's crazy. All right, so your current project, and I probably should give a fair spoiler warning here. Spoiler warning. We will be discussing all aired episodes of Doctor Who tonight. So if you haven't seen the episodes yet and you don't want to be spoiled... Go and watch the episodes right now and tune into this podcast later. Or you can go to our Facebook, uh, our website, joy dot uh, dot au forward slash the cubby house, and watch a previous episode and listen to our spoiler episode. It was spoiler free. It was spoiler free. So you've been warned. You have been warned. Learn, learn the etiquette of spoilers. Yeah, so you define Splendid Chaps podcast as a year-long performance podcast project. What's that yeah. all about? Well, because it's, it's a podcast, but we're doing it live in front of an audience every month. And we're doing one a month. It's the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. We're doing one of these a month. We look at each Doctor in order and their era in the show. We also look at a broader concept. So, like, authority in Doctor Who was in our first one. And we're doing fear in the next one. Yep. But we basically do them in front of a live audience. And I describe it more as a nerdy tonight show. Because we always end with a <laughs> band. We have celebrity guests. Uh... It is weird. It really is like an intellectual discussion with lots of cheap jokes at a band at the end. And it's a live event that you can go to. It's pretty awesome, actually, to do. 
Especially it's, the comedy festival like ones were just like, you know, rapturous applause going, hey, we're like rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually got the podcast, but I haven't actually found time to listen to it yet. But oh, it is, sitting, it is yeah. sitting on my iPod waiting for me to, to listen to it. But you're not the only one doing it. You actually co-host with uh, Ben McKenzie. Ben McKenzie, who's well known as a nerd comedian and uh, does things like Dungeon Crawl. And also Petra Elliott, who Correct. is kind of our voice over woman because... Women aren't represented enough in podcasts, and we went well. We'll make sure we've got a host. And uh, and the amazing thing though is that Petra went from kind of being just the, the the voiceover person to we give her more and more stuff to do, increasingly visual as the show goes on. Which mm. for an audio podcast may be a bad idea. She <laughs> she was basically she was a stand up Dalek in our last show. The, the for the comedy festival we welcomed the audience with a stand up Dalek that did a stand up routine quite badly because it's a Dalek, and then we <laughs> had to rip the top off it to reveal it was Petra who then did the rest of the show. Um, the one we did this weekend in Northgate Library, she came in in a spacesuit dressed as a as a, as a Vashta, um, Vashta Narada. Narada, because yeah, because we were in a in a, in a, oh, a library, yeah. so she got to do the whole "Hey, who turned out the lights?" because we turned out the lights uh, again. You're going podcast. No one. All <laughs> <laughs> well, the visual gags are totally. We, we paid money to hire a spacesuit that no one can see. Would you ever do a video cast? I think that would ruin it. <laughs> All right, so we will get you on in a little bit later to talk more about that. But Cookie's got something for us, I believe. We do. You're in the Cubby House. Joy 94.9. Now, we are asking you tonight for the answer to a question, which I'm about to pose once I get my eyes back on my sheet. Hurry up. Sheet, sheet, sheet. Um, what is your favourite sci-fi villain and why? Want to have your say on the Cubby House project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash the Cubby House. The Cubby House project on Joy 94.9. Right. Now, I'm just letting you know, there are a few answers up there already. Rusty apparently can't make up his mind, so he's given us five answers. Thank you very much. Woohoo! Please join in. We uh, love feedback. We, lo- we love feedback like we like a lot of things, Quite don't you. we? All right. It's not about you, Cookie. It's about John now. <laughs> All right. So, I went digging around in the internet for your bio. Yeah. So, you know, you can't lie about some of these questions. He, hel- he really, really, really likes you. Were there any Bioshocks? No, I, oh, quiet. I just did my research Yeah, well. Mike's not on. I know. So, you list your favourite doctors as 5, 3, 7 and 11. Yeah. Why? Yep. Uh, that's actually what it says my top three doctors are those four. Yeah. So can we, can we just recap who are the actors that played those uh, doctors? John Pertwee, Peter Davison, Sylvester McCoy and Matt Smith. Thank you. Those were the four I went for. Oh, look, Tom Baker should be in there, except that there are three Tom Bakers. There are, there are three eras of Tom Baker, and there's like gothic horror Tom Baker, there's space disco Tom Baker, and then there's Grumpy. And I actually really like one and three of those, but Tom Baker number two annoys me so much that he kind of he loses some points there. But yeah, but that's, cool. that's the. But yeah, um, uh, Pertwee, because he was probably the, the, the first one I remember growing up, and he was like Bond. In velvet, he was a velvety Bond, which I think speaks for itself. He was all gadgets and stuff, and I remember as a kid thinking that was unbelievably cool. Peter Davison was actually, uh, and he's the one doing in the next Planet Chaps on May nineteenth, which I'm very excited about. He was the nervous, like he he was the one that you could most think might die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, I think that was the most dramatic era for me because he played the Doctor as the most vulnerable that anyone has ever played the Doctor, and that made him really exciting. Sylvester McCoy made the Doctor kind of weird and mysterious and alien again, in a way that a lot of people hadn't. 
I'm so showing my lack of knowledge here. Sylvester McCoy was Ace? Yes. Okay, yes. yep, cool. And, and Ace, I think, was an excellent companion. I think the two of them worked together really well. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, this thing, I am more a kind of classic Who fan than a new Who fan. I'm not really. And and, and the longer the new Who goes on, the more I realize I don't really like it that much. It's not my thing. It's just not my thing. That's fine. Uh, safe space. We always say there's no wrong way to be a Doctor Who fan on Splinter Chaps. But uh, Matt Smith, I think, is an excellent actor, and he again brought that alienness to the role that I think had gone away. Why not Tennant? I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think he's a good actor. At this point in time... I have to illustrate the fact that you you may just need to get out of the studio <laughs> right now. Just get out. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. It's a controversial opinion. Oh. To hold. Ke- Kev- Kevin's just pull out the uh, uh, grind and axe. Oh, I tell you what. Start when Tennant died, I did oh, not watch. Oh God. I did oh, not watch Matt Smith's episodes for a lap of year. Honor, the whole, oh, I do it again, whingy, whingy, whingy. I'm going to spend 15 minutes thinking about it, people. Oh, God, there's the worst television running ever. I'm, I'm doing a Chucky. My eyes are actually glowing red at it's, this point. It's not yes. all his fault. Russell T. Davies is also a terrible writer. I so will g- agree so with g- you. So g- combine <laughs> the two of them. And if you're a fan of scenery, there's not much left when David Tennant has been in a room. So I, I think just all those That's things That's because he's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, actually, David Tennant's fine he's just yeah he's just i don't yeah. all right all right all right so everyone has their doctor mm-hmm. you've said your top three which is actually four <laughs> who is your doctor uh it's either pertwee or davison okay, it's yeah, really davison see davison's the right yeah i mean this, yeah. but pertwee was always there he was like the granddad he was like my uncle who had a space car he was like Space Cat Uncle. Must be a generation thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you say to people that say Doctor Who is just a kid's show? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who said that. Actually, no, the only people who say that are Star Wars fans. Uh, and that's pretty easy. Because hmm. that's like three kids' films from the 70s. That's not even like 50 years worth of material. <laughs> you know, that's like... So glad you said that. <laughs> All right. And who's your favourite companion? Tegan Javanka. Why? Oh, uh, because she was a mouthy Australian who looked a bit like the lead from Sweet and Sour. Wasn't she in that was plum thing? She was in her uniform. She she worked as an air hostess, and for some odd reason, she decided not to take that off for a year. That's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty, I, I, I think you'd probably want to change more often. But it was that period where everyone on the TARDIS never changed their clothes. Like, it was a weird kind of... They became superheroes for a bit, and they always wore the same outfits for a year. That's really bad. Okay, what do you think of the spin-off series, Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures? Uh, I really like Torchwood Children of Earth, or the weird thing is you can take Torchwood out of it and it actually gets better. That's the really odd thing about that show. If you make it about Peter Capaldi and and his storyline, that's actually much more compelling than Captain you Jack. You and I are really not going to agree on this because Torchwood, Children of Earth, I really hate it. Oh, see, because I hated Torchwood so much the first series and I didn't watch the second. At, at oh this, at this point, I'm going to let Nick have his quick say because he's squeaming in his chair. Sorry, which one was Peter Capaldi? Uh, he was the, the um, politician who was a politician's assistant who had to help put all things together to send the kiddies off to the, to the aliens to eat. I, I, I hate to defy Kevin, but I kind of agree with... John on that one because I I loved Torchwood but Children of Earth's like my least favourite of any of the Torchwoods actually look it's possible if you like Torchwood you will probably dislike that one because it actually works best as a not Torchwood story whereas if you don't like Torchwood like I I didn't it's the one you kind of go oh actually this is kind of good and I think we can all agree that the American Torchwood is just the worst I I didn't watch it oh I didn't even know it existed can I put my two cents in go 
I can't even agree with any of you because I haven't seen it. You're on the Cubby House <laughs> on Joy 94.9. Wow, what you see. All right, yeah. so I've got a few more questions I've got to put to John. Now, I had to deliberately cut you off because you two are getting quite steamy on the other side of the panel. Very yeah. steamy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few things I think we're going to disagree on, so I'm going to ask in these questions. Okay. Lovely. Uh, what are your predictions for the 50th anniversary special? Of? <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> Thank you. Like there's anything else countrywide. Um, I, uh, well, it, see, I don't know. We said predictions because I know, I know half the spoilers already. I, I don't think it'd be, it'd be right for me to, any prediction I have is just something I've already read. So I, I don't, yes. Yes, but it's only like, it's just conversation. It's just a theory. It's not actual fact. No, I, I know, I know the facts. You know the facts? <laughs> Foreknowledge is dangerous. Yeah. You, how, how? Well, no, no, I mean, I know some of the facts. Some of the facts which are out there, which I don't know if they're spoilers to others. Like, I know what monster it is, and I know, you know. Don't read the book, Amy. I, Once you've read it, you can't change it. I know John Hurt's in it, and I, I, I'm fairly certain I know who he's playing. But I don't, yes. Anyway, moving okay, on. Okay, that's What's a dangerous question? question. You're not actually allowed to answer that. <laughs> spoilers, too bad. Okay. So, as a fellow Doctor Who fan, my partner has collected quite a bit of memorabilia. Yes, he has. Yes. I went and borrowed some for the last Splendid Chap show. Yes. Did, did you have to hire out a warehouse to store it somewhere? Well, the last thing was my boyfriend went, oh, you're quite normal by comparison, aren't you? So, there you go. So, well done. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Michael. All right, I'm going to finish my question. <laughs> he even forced me to go to the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff, which I believe you haven't actually been to yet. No, I've actually never been to Cardiff. I know. Bad fan. <laughs> wow. A real fan to be buying a ticket to Cardiff right now. Should you even be doing that? I have podcast? actually... Um, no, but see, now I should say, I have actually been to the one at Langochlin in Wales, though, which was still there back in the, uh, in the late 90s when I, I was living in London. And um, we went there for my birthday. And... Uh, it was the one where they basically it was it was a toy factory. They just made these terrible Doctor Who toys that looked nothing like the ones from television. They did the green canine. They did the Davros with two arms. Uh, they were notorious for they did five sided t- Tardis console. These were people who'd never seen the show and yet they had the license to make terrible terrible oh, toys. That's bad. And they had a, they had a display you could go there and and um, and or in the small town to mark it out. There'd be little signs with a Dalek on them. All right, Swear so the Dalek. finishing my question. Go on. What is your favourite piece of Doctor Who memorabilia? That you own. Oh, that I own. Um, I have an inflatable TARDIS, which is quite cool, except that it has sprung a leak and we can't (laughs) quite work out how, because we have no bath. We haven't quite been able to work out how to fix it. So So every every time they pump it up, it goes... Yeah, well, we inflate it and just watch it slowly deflate. Really? (laughs) That is is quite awesome. (laughs) And what's the most expensive piece that you own? Oh, um, I did buy the box set of all the Doctor's action figures. That's about a hundred bucks or so. That's probably about it. I do every so often ponder whether $4,000 for a full-size Dalek would be worth it. It always is. I think it would be. The answer yeah, to the question is yeah. always yes. Yeah, I kind of ponder that. Right. Uh, yeah. And with 50 years worth of episodes to watch, as a new person stepping into watching it, where should they start? Where would you advise people to start? Uh, see, I'm going to say season five, which we were talking about before, which is the first Matt Smith series, because again, it was deliberately designed as a stepping off, a stepping on point. I'd say season one, the Christopher Eccleston one, or season five. Season five, I'd say just because it looks better than season one, just because the technology has improved since season one, it, it, it's just a much more beautiful And they can looking. go back and then watch it. The and then they can go back. Yeah, that's what I think would be the safest. Hmm. I asked the question, though, for someone who's never seen Doctor Who, is... Eccleston deliberately written, in your opinion, more towards um, being 
human specifics that a lot of the storyline evolved around a lot of human stories. Well, Eggleston was deliberately written with the assumption that the audience may not even know what this is because the show had been off air for you know 10, 15 years by this point. So they they, they deliberately went, no, we we know that there might be an audience never seen this. It's the first series... But you could argue that, that Ace's last series is based around the companion, but it's the first series that's actively based around the companion rather than the Doctor, mm-hmm. which for an old school fan like me was a bit of a wrench, but that's deliberately to get a new audience on board. So it's about the story of Rose, and that's what that series is. So it is actually an incredibly good stepping point on for people, but it also establishes the Doctor as a romantic lead, I well, think. Well, you also never know cool. how eight gets to nine. There's no canon no. for... But the assumption is that it's just happened because he makes a reference in that first episode to, to looking at his ears. He's actually clearly not sure what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, you know, that may come up again later. But it's that thing of, I think that's a deliberate stepping on point, for, especially for a younger and for a female audience. Like it was, um, television's changed a lot since 1999 when it went off air. And shows like this, which used to be more male-centric, were now, uh, they're finding ways to, to aim them towards women. And Russell C. Davies in particular does that with that first series of... Doctor Who. Okay. So you clearly know your Doctor Who stuff, so I am looking forward to actually now listening to the Splendid Chaps podcast, but where can people find out more information about it? Splendidchaps.com has all the episodes, uh, details of our upcoming shows, and yeah, and you can just, everything's on there, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter as Splendid Chaps. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you very much. You are on the Cubby House on Joy 94.9, and I know we've been talking Doctor Who. Doctor Who is based quite heavily on time travel. There are a lot of other stories that go into time travel, such as Terminator, Harry Potter 3, 12 Monkeys, Back to the Future, Misfits, even some of the Star Trek movies go into time travel. So there's been three basic constructs out of a lot of the movies and concepts and series we've seen as to how time travel could happen. They are quite simply a fixed timeline, a dynamic timeline, and the multiverse theorem. So, What's a fixed timeline, Cookie? Quiet, you. <laughs> well, children, we'll take a magic. Oh my journey. god, that's creepy! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I did I frighten you, Kevin? Uh, right, put okay. your pants back on, Nick. <laughs> okay, a fixed timeline is when a party's travel back in time. The future they change. Sorry, the future, future they left. left can't be changed, and all events remain at fixed points in time. So, for instance, if you travel back to kill Adolf Hitler as a baby uh, in order to prevent the Second World War, you essentially replace him with an orphaned baby so that the family won't notice that their baby's missing. And coming back to the future, you realise the baby you replaced Adolf with becomes the equivalent of Adolf Hitler. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. No matter what you do, the timeline stays fixed. Correct. Correct. Now, that happens, uh, as we know, in The Terminator, Harry Potter 3, and 12 Monkeys. All right. What's the next one? The next one is a dynamic timeline now. This is where we alter events in the past, and which have dynamic effects on the future. So, if you travel back in time and kill your grandfather, you therefore prevent your own birth. And your eventual trip back in time, in turn, your grandfather is never killed and you are born again, only to go back in time and kill your grandfather anyway. Does someone see a problem with this? So essentially what you do is you create an infinite loop that just goes backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Correct. Henceforth known as a paradox. And what movie was that in, Cookie? 
Back to the Future. It's also in another very good movie called Timeline, where it's not the yes. same style of infinitely fulfilling loop, but it shows what can happen with a... It's basically the butterfly wings flapping on one side of the world can create a typhoon principle. Mm-hmm. It, the movie was very B-grade, but the book is brilliant. Yes. Okay. So the concept is that the timeline's not fixed. You can change yes. events. You go back in time, you can change something, you will have effects in the future. The multiverse theorem is the one that's very hard to get your head around. If you've ever seen uh, Family Guy version, they tackle it quite well. And that is the concept that anything you do, any change that you create, creates a split in reality and therefore creates two realities to four realities and keeps going and branching off and branching off and branching off. This obviously solves the paradox problem because there is no paradox. You've just simply slipped into another universe. Correct. Yeah. Every single choice that we make creates a paradox. I mean, um, a parallel world for the choice we took and then a choice that we didn't took and then didn't took. Take. Didn't take, take. sorry. Your tenses are good. Yeah. <laughs> but then the and argument in that is that you're not actually time traveling at all, but all you're doing is stepping into an alternate parallel universe that is not in the same time stream as you. So it's three months or six months or 20 years behind. So all you're doing is stepping between multiverses. You're not actually time traveling. Well, yes and no, because you could be time traveling in a sense of um, you could be stepping into a parallel world that exists in the same stream as your own. Yeah, but and there's no way you in the multiverse. There's no way you can tell whether you've stepped back into your own universe or you've stepped into an alternate universe. That just looks very similar. But, you know, a star on the absolute other side of the universe is red instead of green. Correct. There is no way for you to be able to tell. Yes. Um, Sliders, which is a very popular series in the 90s, dealt with that concept quite well. Misfits did it as well, very well. Yes. And there are some thoughts about time travel if you wanted to watch Doctor Who. You could also use the fourth very well-known saying that it is what? Timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. Timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly ball of stuff. A big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. <laughs> and John, do you want to contribute to what this phrase could be? No. Thank you very much. Thank you for your input. <laughs> to actually hear the phrase, please watch. Blink. <laughs> You're on the Cubby House on Joy 94.9. We'll be back to answer your... Or repeat your answers to the question. <laughs> Who's your favourite sci-fi villain and Why? <laughs> You're on the Cubby House. Join 94.9. The track you heard previously was Encounters by Pigeon, which is a Queensland five-piece electronica pop group and started only two years ago. You read that so well, Cookie. Why, thank you. You write it so perfect. Lee. (laughs) 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 Carry on. What about Lee? Carry on. I'm I'm now wondering whether he's actually messing these things up or whether he does it just because Kevin reacts so venomously. (laughs) Okay, so we've been asking the question, who is your favourite villain and sci-fi villain and why? And we've had some really good answers. Tony says Davros, of course. Sticking with the theme. Thank you. Rusty, you know where to start. Where to start with your answer, Rusty. We'll go. The Alien Queen, Q from Star Trek, the Borg Queen, and uh, Kirsten Stewart. Kristen Stewart, and she's not really a villain. Anyway, Dr. Zachary Smith says discreet. Uh, ben Cub says Lord Voldemort. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Point for you. Uh, Rob says the Candyman from Doctor Who's Happiness Patrol series. Mm, intriguing choice, Rob. Also sticking with the theme, Michael says the Master, specifically from 1981 to 1989. Hmm. 
as a man who likes some velvet. Yeah. I will add personally the Emperor from the Star Wars series. He's going to have cover the cover that style for a while. Mm-hmm. John, well, I, I was saying before you asked me, I immediately knew because when I was fourteen, I went to a science fiction convention dressed as Serverland from Blake Seven. Uh, if you haven't seen Blake Seven, Serverland had a very short, dark haircut, exactly the same as I have now. And she wore a lot of white flowing dresses. And my mother helped me make my dress. So my mother <laughs> basically helped me make a, a, an off-the-shoulder number in white with long sleeves and this haircut. And um, was still surprised some years later to discover I was gay. Actually, it's rather amusing that you said that because Phil actually agrees with you. That was his one. Serverland is astonishing. You really should, yeah, Google. All right, Nick, All right, what's I have very to, quickly? I have to admit, mine's one that's actually from childhood. And it's King Jared from Labyrinth, played by David <gasps> Bowie. Nice. Oh, classic. Nice yes. choice. Yes. I'm yeah, going to yeah. out-geek all of you. Mine is the D-Reaper from Digimon Series 3. Okay, yes, yes. And one final one is Jimmy. He's just messaged in the Alright from the Stargate, Stargate. series. Stargate yeah. series, correct. So thank you very much to all your responses. We're going to add them to our wonderful list of answers, and you're more than welcome to ask your friends to join in, put in their answers. And, and what? And what happens? What happens then, Cookie? Like I don't you, know. Are you we'll, fire into space or something? No, we'll the discussion more. continues. And Cookie, where does the discussion continue? You can go to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Cubby House, or you can join us on Twitter at, at the Cubby House with the hashtag CH Project. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, John and Nick. Thank you. You're welcome. We may let you back on again. <laughs> Just try and keep me if away. We're lucky. <laughs> we'll be back next week and we'll be joined by Christian in a moment with a Vixen Hour here on Joy 94.9. We'll catch you 10 o'clock next Monday here on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.